Because we live in a Puritan police state, we are obliged to inform you that we may sometimes use explicit language. Now that you've been informed, <laughs> things are about to get weird. Welcome to what I had heard was, it is happy hour and I am Jennifer. Woo woo! Uh, I'm Anna. And, and I'm Mad Dog! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're just hanging out again, catching up with our old friend, good friend, best friend, Mad Dog, uh, Mike Adams. Um, who... Mike Mad Dog Adams, that's your service, you gorgeous ladies. Aw, <laughs> we got faces for radio. That's, that's nice. exactly I, right. That's what I'm saying, we can't see each other, so we're all looking good. I... I'll take it, shoot. A face only mama could love. So, so I've I've always been curious. How did you get your name, Mad Dog? I got the name Mad Dog. By the way, um, I don't know if your your listening audience uh, is familiar with who I am or what I do. Um, in all likelihood, many of them aren't. <laughs> so I'm an entertainer, comedian, musician, singer, songwriter, and you know, kind of jack of all trades in the entertainment. I got my name Mad Dog when I was 16 years old. And uh, it's a bit of a story. I don't know if you want me to tell it or you want to hear it or not. Absolutely. I mean, that's the best part of uh, Happy Hour, right? Hanging out with some good friends, telling stories, having drinks. Yeah, right. Yeah. Right. But you know what? Let's 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 do a drink before before we tell this story because it's a little longer than or an opening story. Uh, sure. Social yeah. up. I'm All ready. Right. Anybody who's listening out there, when we say social, you raise your glass because this is a Happy Hour show, right? It, it that is, is correct. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I want you to raise your glass, and I'll say social, and I want you to yell social. Ladies, social! Social! And then we will say ziggy, zaggy, ziggy, zaggy, hoi, hoi, hoi. We'll say it three times and count in German, eins, zwei, drei, sufa. All right? Here we go. Social! Social! Is ziggy, zaggy, ziggy, zaggy, oi, oi, oi. Ziggy, zaggy, ziggy, zaggy, oi, oi, oi. Eins, zwei, drei, sufa. Somebody Amen. gave it their all. <laughs> I tried. I panicked. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Somebody choked on that. Uh, every show, throughout the show, at any given moment, um, and to get people drinking and having fun, and it, it's it's a real unifier. And Alcohol. It's, uh, one of the hooks of my uh, my performances. Yeah, I think the I think the speaking in German kind of uh, scared Jennifer. So many things yeah, but, scared you know, me. You know, you know, it's which is one, two, three. Sufa, loosely translated, means to guzzle or chug or swallow. So it's one, two, three. Chug. Juggle. Jeez. Yeah. Chuggle. Chuggle guzzle Z. Chuggle guzzle. <laughs> I've heard it different. I've heard it a lot of different ways, though. And then uh, the, the real, there's a real serious uh, kind of. Oktoberfest, German, German Oktoberfest uh, version of that. And uh, it's a sporting chant, that, of course, that, that they, it's real popular in Europe. That I learned on the road in British Columbia when I was performing there in 1990. Nice. And this guy came up on, I had a, you know, I'm, it's my first time through the circuit, and I'm trying to impress the agent, of course. And uh, this was the A room. I was up there for three weeks then playing all the shit rooms so until uh, th- you get to play the a rooms you got to prove yourself in the shit rooms you know uh, yeah and uh, i met uh, I, I met the tally hall in, in victoria downtown victoria and uh i'm doing the show and i got i'm killing them man i'm just like yeah this is great and it's a big crowd and the whole thing and it's one lunkhead and there's always one or two of them in the crowd it's like the kid who always wants to stick put a stick in your Spokes as you're rolling down the hill as you're free balling, you know. The fun guy. Yeah, <laughs> he says, "Mad dog, I want to get up and give a chin. I want to give a, a dude. Let me do my thing, you know. Oh no, yeah, you're gonna love this." And he kind of jumps up, on, barges up on stage, grabs the mic, and goes social. And everybody just stopped and they raise their glasses. They did social. And he says, "Ziggy zag zig." He does this whole thing, and I'm going, "Holy shit, I'm stealing that." <laughs> Here's to you, kid. We'll give you credit for it, <laughs> but it's now well, it's now Mad Dog's thing. <laughs> well, I brought it back to Ohio anyway, and put in Bay, and uh, you know I've been doing it in the, since the '80s there. 
it's fun. It's a fun little thing. Oh, sure, sure. No, I mean, I associate it with you, so. Yeah. I give you credit. The Mad Dog, uh, to answer your question about the Mad Dog, I got that when okay. I was 16 years old, 15, 16 years old, and hanging around with my buddies, our, our you know, little gang on the streets of Cleveland and so forth. You know, we, we, we were good guys. I mean, we got in a little trouble once in a while. but you know, What? Most, you know, we were all good guys. And, you know, we were, uh, we're talking uh, 72, 73. And, uh, you know, so we're smoking some weed and we're drinking and this and that. And the guys, you know, the, you know, the experimentation with drugs and shit. And I wasn't much into the drugs, really. I, I, I like to drink. Um, I come from a long line of alcoholics. Um, right on. You play to your strength. Yeah, yeah, right. And uh, I'm good at it. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I would always carry around uh, in my, I used to wear a long waistcoat and a kind of a bowler hat type of thing. And I've always been a character even when I was a kid. And I would carry around these quart bottles, two quart bottles of MD 2020. Oh, and classics. That, and that was my thing. I, it's, you know, I was more into the drinking. And I would just drink this MD 2020, which was nicknamed, you know, the street name was Mad Dog. And my friends just started calling me Mad Dog. And so within our group of friends, I was always Mad Dog, introduced as Mad Dog. So my closest friend in that group, Alex, who we're still close today, and he's a musician, we played in bands together. We're like brothers. I was going to go for an audition at this folk club called the Grapes of Wrath. And uh, Cleveland State University campus there down on Chester Avenue, downtown. Very cool place. Grapes are out there. was a, you know, folk, uh, jazz, uh, no rock and roll stuff. You know, country, bluegrass. Uh, across the street, the Viking Saloon was all hardcore. You know, they had the, the Dead Boys and, I mean, all kinds of great. So it was these two places were a real cool little area. I went down to do an audition of about 18 years old and Alex, my buddy Alex came with me and uh, for moral support. So it was a Sunday night and I got up and I had my moment and did my audition. And apparently the owner uh, had not heard my audition because he says, all right, you got the job next Saturday night. You're going to split Saturday with, and he says the name of this guy who was a very well known guy in the area. And I'm like, Oh, this is great. You know, <laughs> and, uh, you're like, I I'm made gonna, it. I've got a, a, my first audition, you know, uh, professional audition. Uh, so he says, well, how do you want your name in the paper? I said, Oh, my name's going to be a beep. Wow, right on. And, uh, I said, well, just put Mike Adams. And my buddy Alex says, no, put mad dog. I'm like, dude, I don't want, my name's going to be, I want my name. In, you know, I don't <laughs> mad, mad dog. He says, people will remember Mad Dog. I said, well, you do have a point. And I said, and then we comp. The owner goes, I'm just going to put Mike Mad Dog Adams. There you go. And, Brilliant. Yeah. yeah, and that's the story. And it's been that ever since now, 40-some years later, I guess. See, everybody needs a, a team. You know, it's like nobody ever really does it alone. You know? <laughs> a cheering squad. Not really, yeah, no, no. Yeah. You can only do so much alone. And I always credit Alex with giving me the name and, you know, insisting that I use it. Props to Alex. See, he yeah. just, he had a he's, feeling. He's got good intuition. He's a character you ought to have on the show, too. He's a songwriter. Uh, he's produced acts and uh, bands, played in bands. He was with Danny and the Juniors. Uh, you don't know who Danny and the Juniors would be. They were a, uh, they had a song called At the Hop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Alex was the keyboard player in there. After, this was years after they had their hits, but Danny was at the very end of his career and died on the road. But anyway, we got to get Alex on. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent segue. No, I mean, if you're interested, because Alex has some good stories, too. Brilliant. And, and oh, he's I... one of my, my longest best friends. We'll have to have a happy hour with Alex. Yeah. Oh, I, I think he'd love it. Any any friend of Mad Dog is a friend of ours. Absolutely. We should just call him now. <laughs> <laughs> no, give a, give him a call. <laughs> we could do a little conference call. I figured out how to do that. There you go. See, I know, right? I've been learning all kinds of technology stuff during this pandemic, you know? Um, all different kinds of, like, filters and things on the phone, and it just... Uh, I I really need I just I need to, I need a job <laughs> I, need to, I need to go back to work <laughs> uh, but things are opening up again 
which is great. You know, people are getting vaccinated. Um, the sun's coming out, you know, so one, everybody still stay safe, still wear your masks, still social distance. Even if you've been vaccinated. Yep, yep. Um, but, uh, uh, but yeah, so are things starting to open back up for you? Did you ever think that you would live to see the day when everybody would be so happy and looking forward to getting a shot? I no. know. Well, I'm usually looking forward to getting shots, but it's in a different manner. So. Yeah, no, we're doing shots. Right. <laughs> getting <Right>. shots. <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, just, well, that's the thing. Like, we haven't really needed to do that. You know, we uh, when you're a kid, you get all the vaccines, you know. So it's like you get inoculations and all that stuff when you're a kid. You get all that, you know, polio and measles and stuff out of the way. So we're just used, to, you know, we just have become complacent to you know oh hey you know why we don't have these things is because it's stuff actually works right (laughs) and things change things mutate life happens and here we are again you know so we have to like retrain the population of no no these are good things (laughs) yeah all order (laughs) i read the other day that uh the plague was around a hundred years earlier than they thought the bubonic plague. The bubonic plague. Yeah, way back in the way back. I wonder why they don't call this a plague, though, because it's... Can we, can we call it a plague? You know... I'm not sure. We'd have to look the definition of plague up, I guess. Something that bugs me about this whole thing is that I was following this on all this story on alternative media when it was just taking over the city of Wuhan. When it just was starting... And people were dying in the streets, and I was... Is I, I, you know, I mean, I, I get my sources from, but let me tell you something. The, as far as I'm concerned, the propaganda on the major networks is worse than the stuff you're going to find. Oh, you know, it's, it's so I, re, I, I, I go around to different sources. But anyway, long story short, I'm, I'm following this, this thing in China going on. And I, you know, this is, this is going to come over here. I mean, it's not, there's no way they're going to stop it. And they're, you know, there's people posting stories and risking their lives to just, pictures out from out of the city there right they knew, this, they knew this thing was coming man i i mean this in this country the public didn't they didn't but the government didn't want to even acknowledge it until january february that there was even a pos, you know a possibility right right and so i don't know i just it it bugs me that um we were as ill prepared for it as we yeah, we definitely got caught with her pants down. That is for sure. Yeah, my doctor has been out for months, and they don't anticipate him returning for, I assume, the foreseeable future. So he must be extremely ill. Oh, did he get Did he get mm-hmm. the coronavirus? Yeah. Yeah, one of my um, former students, she got the coronavirus uh, last March, last April, like when it first popped up. Yeah. Um, she got it. And she's been dealing with side effects from it ever since. Like, she's still suffering from it. Yeah, my daughter is still can't smell. Really? Right. Yeah. And she just had a baby. So she was pregnant while dealing with all that. Oh, yeah. And then had her child. So who knows what the long-term effects for, oh. for you know, the little one are. Yeah. I mean, she's gorgeous. She's absolutely beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we are very, very glad to have her. But, you know, who knows? What does the pediatrician say? They don't say anything because there's nothing. You know, nobody has any idea. Yeah, they don't have any, yeah. uh, any She didn't science. get vaccinated, you know, while she was pregnant. But well, My mother refused the vaccination. And uh, she caught, caught the COVID in the nursing home. Which, uh, well, she refused the vaccination after she had caught the COVID should be clear on that but uh she didn't have any and she's 86 right uh, you know we've talked about her before i think uh-huh, but yeah. uh, but then having a difficult time of course but uh everything's you know physically just you know shot pretty much but her mind is sharp and uh but she, anyway she caught the covid and she had hardly any symptoms at all anything nothing yeah so that's go, so go figure well and that's the scary part you know it's like if you break your leg, hey, I can see your broken leg. If you, you know, if you've got the, fl- if you've got the normal flu or pneumonia, it's like, oh, you're hacking up a lung. I get it. But this stuff, it's like, you know, you're you're a carrier for it, and you're passing it around, with, you know, whether you have symptoms or not, whether it has affected you or not, it's still, 
you can still spread it. And that's the scary part. I'll tell you, the pandemic has not, it's been difficult, but I will, I will say that everybody else is now uh, more introverted than they were before. <laughs> and like when in the heat of it, when everybody was losing their mind, I was kind of like, you know what, guys? Now you know how I feel every fucking day. <laughs> and I'm not the I'm not the only one who feels that way. Like people who deal with you know mental illness and stuff like that. We watch this other stuff and we're like, oh yeah, you remember when you told us that we should just smile, get over it? We, yeah. What the fuck ever you said. Well, check it out. <laughs> yeah. Now how you now how you feel, Karen? Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, I, all I know is when I go back out into public, I'm gonna need like some socializing training rails. Because I uh, I feel like I'm just going to be saying things and doing stuff that's just like, <laughs> what the hell's wrong with you? Mm. I feel like I already do that. <laughs> <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> so when, uh, when we can get back out, Jennifer, is there like a restaurant or anything that you can't wait to get to? Uh, I want to hit Carrabba's. Carrabba's. Mm-hmm. Oh, right on. Okay. What is it you like about Carrabba's? Yeah, they have the best fettuccine Alfredo, and then their bread and oil with uh, yum yums. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the one with the uh, the the fire oven, the brick oven, right? Yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, I I just want to go to Rio Grande, or actually, no lies. Well, what I do want to go to Rio Grande. They have delicious burritos, and I hate to say it though, but I cannot wait until I can go back to the new China buffet. Oh, yeah. I I understand, like, even before pandemic, going to a buffet was always a health risk, mm-hmm. you know, because people are just dirt factories. But I miss it. I miss it so much. That's when you can pretend, like, you're going around getting the food and you look at it and you smell it and you're like, it's not poisoned with everybody else's... Yeah, no, I just... Germs. <laughs> Cooties. Do you do dim sum? Oh, yeah. Do you know of a good dim sum place? Uh, well, we have a place here. I don't know if it, I don't know how it's rated, but uh, we've been there. I haven't been there since the pandemic or, or a buffet. I would not go to a buffet. I don't know. I would like to go back to a buffet, but I don't know how they're going to be able to get that situated. You know, like yeah. How how can we go back to the Chinese buffet? Yeah, I don't know. Big Boy well, at I one point had servers like in their breakfast bar. Mm-hmm. They would just give you what you wanted. Oh, yeah. But, I mean, come on. I, I was in a Chinese buffet in uh, Vancouver, and this place, I've never seen anything like this, man. It, there must have been a thousand people in there. And the buffet, the hot hot plates or whatever you call them, it was like maybe a quarter of my, I don't know. It was, this, this place was massive, and it was filthy. And Aww. it was it was it was all Asian. I mean, it was authentic. And, and I, you would see there was shit that I just couldn't even identify that, you know, parts of animals. See, <laughs> it just wasn't where you needed to be. Well, no, but see, that's I'm glad I did it. But I was a little nervous. I was just, I don't know. Wow. These people eat like this all the time. Well, see, I like that, though, because it's like you get to try something different. And, you know, you only you only need to take like. A, a scoop, you know, just to try it. And so you yeah, can get all these yeah. different flavors and, you know, so sometimes you're like, man, I really like frog legs. Just think about all the stuff that you that we eat here and that everybody else is like, oh my God, yuck. Oh, totally. Oh, yeah, you know, I'm not picking on it. I'm just saying it was a fa- fascinating experience to, to, this was obviously, you know, the real deal. Yeah. And, nice. and it was packed and I'm sure everything is fine, but it just, to my, from my perspective, it was so different. Yeah. It was just, you're like, this is wild. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was a little, I mean, that was just I, a lot of people, a lot of people, and they were all comfortable, and I can't say I had anything bad, but there were things that I didn't want to, I was like, you know, Chris, my daughter, <laughs> oh my God, she likes sea urchin. Oh. oh. Uh-huh. And they, and they serve sea urchin while it's alive. Mm-mm. And you're eating it, and it's wiggling. Nope. Nope. Chris, I mean, what's wrong with you? Star Trek or something. <laughs> you can email us at what I'd heard was at gmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I've uh, I've been to some seafood places with her, man. She goes after some stuff like a little bear. You got to watch your hand. Like, she'll get you. 
Uh-huh. <laughs> hey, so what, what's up with the um, all the uh, hating on Asians going? Yeah, what what's up with that? Like that's some where, bullshit. Where is that coming from? I, you know, it's like it's coming I, from I, these articles about how the virus was let loose in Wuhan on purpose, and yeah, it's everybody's blaming the quote unquote, you know, every uh, Asian for yeah. I'd say that has to be pretty ignorant individuals. Oh, completely. Would, yeah. Would blame people who they don't even know where they're from or what they are. I mean, a lot of these, it's like with the, uh, the sheep uh, or the Sikhs. Yep. Uh-huh. Are being attacked. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like, and they have nothing to do with that. And they're, but so who's doing the attacking boneheads. Unfortunately, you know? it's too many of them. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, the Sikhs get attacked, you know, anytime there's any sort of anti-Muslim thing going on and they're not even Muslim, <laughs> like they're, it's the, it's a very peaceful religion. And, yeah. um, and the thing that's killed, like any attacks on anybody that's specifically because you look a certain way or your gender's a certain way, or you speak a certain, your religion, something like, you and, cannot change. Right. Yeah. Something that you can't change. That's just who you are. Like if you get attacked because you're an asshole and you're being an asshole, fine, good for you. Like, you deserve to get your ass kicked. But anybody else is horrible, and it's even triply horrible when it's against elderly people and children. 65-year-old woman, I mean, what? there's no excuse. Yeah. It doesn't matter. Just stomped on a street in New York City. Like, that's horrifying. And even worse is the fact that there's video of people watching and nothing was done. What the hell's wrong with people? Can you imagine how, how frightened she was, you know, knowing that there are people there who are doing nothing? We so. need vigilante justice. <laughs> Where's the arrow? <laughs> All right. We, we need a superhero. We need Batman. Come on, billionaires. You know you have the money. Hop two. <laughs> Put on a cape and save some folks. Exactly. You know, you know it's funny. I, when I was, uh, you wouldn't know it. You wouldn't think about it and most people wouldn't but when i was young guy having long hair and a ponytail and an earring and uh playing the guitar or doing what i do i there were a lot i'd be checking into a hotel i'd be treated badly sometimes i mean mm -hmm. there was a lot of, there was discrimination believe it or not <laughs> against guys like me they were afraid that you might use the marijuanas yeah, or, yeah. Or rob them or be, I mean. You're, well, because you were a communist hippie. Mm-hmm. You know. Exactly. Well, so. and, or a biker or that kind of thing. Right, you know, I mean, right. I, yeah. I embodied, visually, I embodied all their fears of a white male, I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The point, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, uh, there's a lot of us uh, that are not, we're, we're familiar with discrimination. Yeah, don't judge a book by its cover. Exactly, exactly. Judge people. Don't try not to judge them at all. Just, you know, look what's inside. And if, if you feel compelled to hurt somebody, go home and just continue to punch yourself in the face till that feeling passes. <laughs> well, you'd be doing us a favor and releasing some stress. Hey, you can release some, some of your stress. It'll be great. Oh, my gosh. I'm totally embroidering that on a pillow. That's amazing. <laughs> Here's one that's a good one. Yeah. You're looking for something to embroider on a pillow. Always. This this saying helped change my life, believe it or not. And I I, I came upon it like ten years ago, <laughs> so it wasn't. And I was in Marks, and I'm going through the you know, ouch. You give Marks. You guys know what Marks is? Oh yeah, know? yeah. It's like uh, it's like um, Big Lots. Yeah, discount. It's discount shit, and mm -hmm. uh, so you go and and they have. Uh, those little cheap wall plaques with sayings and things like that. And they got some neat stuff too. And it's very inexpensive. And I'm going by and I see this one and I read the saying and I go, Oh, that's interesting. And I keep going and I go, it's, it stays in my head and I have to go back. I go back two times, three times. I go, I need this. I got to take it Four ninety nine, you know, and when it wasn't about the price, it was about the message. And the message was this happiness is not, Having what you want, it's wanting what you have. Yep. Yes. Have you seen that one before? No, but that's I feel like brilliant. I've seen that recently. Yeah. 
it, and and the more and more I think, and I have it up over my bar, and that, because I'm 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 big on sayings and things. It's a part of my show. Also, I have a whole routine about my daddy said, "Son, the grass is always greener on the other side," because that's where the dog pisses. You know, stuff like that. <laughs> Your show is yeah. the Perch Church on the Facebook. Perch Church, yeah, yeah, Adnock Perch Church conjugation. But uh, so anyway, but that saying, happiness is. What was it again? <laughs> <laughs> I will never forget this. After this. <laughs> Happiness is not having what you want, but wanting what you have. And man, it that really puts stuff into perspective for me anyway. And it changed how I look at things. Excellent. That's beautiful. Yeah, I think so. So I wanted to share that with you and your listeners. We appreciate your words of wisdom. And they do, too. They'll let let you know that later. (laughs) Are we drinking today? Yeah, I was just about to say, you know what I want. What do you have? Well, what do I have? I've uh, I've got my rum and coke from uh, Second Sight Spirits Rum. Jennifer? I am just working off a cheap beer. Beer. (laughs) You don't want to know what I have? Of course we do. Yeah, no, no. Of course we want to know what you have. Vodka, right? I'm having, yeah, I'm having vodka and pineapple coconut. Oh, oh yum. Sparkling water. Sparkling water. A little I'm tr- thinking I might do a shot. A little tropical. I might, I, you know. We need to go over well, to can... uh, Jungle Gyms before we go up to Putin Bay. Yeah. Oh yeah. Some... oh, yeah, we could bring you some good stuff. Uh, we have a very, we have a um, international market. We have an international, we can get you any kind of jerky you want. <laughs> I love you, jerky. You want antelope? We can get you antelope. You want antelope? We can get you anything you want. Is this the black market jerky? I can't. I, you want a toe? I can get you a toe. Through Covington down the Ohio River. <laughs> I know a guy. I know a jerky guy. Black market jerky. The jerky boys. Yeah. <laughs> hey, you know him too. No. Oh, my God. Yeah, I love jerky. I love good jerky, though. You know, not that pressed they need mostly truck stop uh, some truck stops have the real good stuff it's, especially if it's open, I like it I'm ashamed to admit that I like the uh, Slim Jims like way too much never be ashamed <laughs> never let anybody else yuck your yums As soon as I eat it, my stomach is like, fuck you. I don't know what you were thinking. I told you last time. (laughs) Why? Why? Yeah, I can't do those things, and they're just too greasy for me. Oh, they're horrible. Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you just, you need that. You eat them, and then they slide right out. On the road, I would, shit, my diet was consistent of nothing but garbage, essentially, you know. One of the high points of the day sometimes is not going to be the show. It's going to be what you're going to eat at your hotel room after, after in bed. And because you know you can use towels for anything. You know what I'm saying? So it's like you don't even have to use napkins. <laughs> okay. Oh, I got towels to wipe my hands on. Yeah. <laughs> Give me more and chicken. If I could find a delivery place in a town, uh, the delivery Chinese that would deliver around one or two a.m., I was happy. I was a happy guy. And I'm in Port Alberni, British Columbia on Vancouver Island, which has the distinction of being the only city in North America that was wiped out by a tsunami back in 1964. Holy crap. That's interesting. Well, they're all proud of it. uh, (laughs) (laughs) Remember that time we disappeared? It's like the Irish and their potato famine, you know? They're still not over that fucker, and that thing took place in 1869 or something, you know? A long time ago when the earth was green, and that's why there's no unicorns. But anyway, you, did you just blame the potato famine on the lack of unicorns? Did I just what? <laughs> did you just blame the Irish potato famine on the reason why we don't have unicorns anymore? Because the unicorns were hiding, playing silly games, and they wouldn't eat their potatoes because there were none. All right, y- y'all heard that here. Anyway, no, that's no, what I, I heard. So Port Alberni, so I, so I go to and this, this this club I played. It was a it was at a hotel, the Barclay Hotel. And uh, it was a rough place. This guy got killed outside, and this and that. It was it was a rough. It was one of the roughest ones on that circuit. And I would, I, and I would always tell my agent, "Look, I just I'll take the night off. I just you know, because you know you did a whole circuit, all one nighters, town to town to town to town." 
And uh, I said, I just don't even want to play it, man. He says, they love you. They love you. <laughs> I said, you're kidding. They don't fucking laugh. They don't. He goes, they don't laugh at anybody. <laughs> and you're like, no shit. They throw people out, you know. They don't. So I thought I was, you know. You thought you were bombing and that you I were just I was bombing like... and eating it. Well, but you know what the point was? They were not happy people. <laughs> there were, you know, there's clubs you play where people are there to see a show and have a good time. And there's other clubs you play with where the, their idea of coming to a comedy show is fucking with the entertainer. Oh, yeah. And this was an economically depressed area, which you see a lot of that. Um, uh, really interesting. The different types of clubs you'll work and the attitude of the people, depending on the economy or, you know, whatever town you're in. Well, the stress level in their lives would play a lot. Like, what kind of mood they're in to... Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, people are pissed and bitter and this and that and the other thing. And this, and this was... Christ, this was in the 90s, so... I just... I, I envision this place is like um, the country and western bar that the Blues Brothers played at. <laughs> you know, this was a nice-looking room. And I did have some good nights, but on the whole, I played there frequently. I mean, yeah, you know, twice a year. For over 12 years um, and had some good ones, but it was just the, the, the people were, were cold. It was just a, uh, and it was a beautiful ride there to the other side of Vancouver Island. There's some mountains and around a lake and this and that and all the other stuff, that, which is one of the reasons you're doing it to see how beautiful everything is. It's just so incredible. But anyway, back to the Chinese food and then I'll shut up for a moment. Uh, <laughs> So you didn't think I was going to circle around back Full here. circle. Oh, no, we, we would have brought you back. back here. We would have brought so you back to food. Here's this little town of Port Alberni, a little lumber town. If you, if you, and you, if you know it's a lumber town because it smells bad, like Chillicothe does. It. <laughs> um, well, no, no, no. Wherever there's a lumber mill, you have that, you know, so many hours a day, you've got that smell wafting from the from the mill. And, it, and you know that smell... No matter where you're at. You oh, totally. So anyway, so this little town here it is. My first night there, and I'm looking. All right, where am I going? I'm getting nothing to eat after the show. Like I said, you look forward to eating after. I now anymore. I'm too old to eat. But you know, Christ, we used to eat all fucking night. So I'm looking for Chinese restaurants, and this little town has like 12 Chinese restaurants that deliver that are open to 4 a.m. They know what they're about. They... Well, I, I'm, I'm almost certain it was a dozen. <laughs> but even to find four. That's if I a... could find one, I would lose my mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was just hoping to find one. I found a dozen of them. Opened up for him. And I couldn't figure out why. That was my next, my next, you know, you know. All right. What am I missing here? What? Why would this place have this many Chinese restaurants? And then, of course, I went up to... Little town was on a hill, uh, right next to the river, and that's how the tsunami came, came in, to, you know, Pacific down the river. See, well, now I got, now I want to find out. I want to do a little research and like, is there, like, is the does the lumber mill, you know, have like a, a second, third shift kind of a thing, you know, when people get out or? Now I'm I curious. wonder if they're even still running. I mean, I yeah. don't know if they were they were running. They were op- running off and on back in those days. You know, that's the interesting thing, too, now. I mean, not that I would, but I know people who would and who do it very well. But, you know, back in the day, you could tell people any any freaking thing, you know? <laughs> and they're not going to take time to, like, go to their encyclopedia or, you know, try to... And, and they don't have access to the information. And now, now we got... Fa- everybody's a fa- Everybody can be a fact checker. Yeah. Yeah. As as our dad used to say, I don't want your truth interrupting my story. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> well, it's it's you know it's made me um, you know I'm I never was a tall tale teller that kind of that kind of thing. That doesn't mean I don't enjoy a good bullshit. Art. I said bullshit is bullshit is American, and that's how a guy like Trump got elected because you know he's a bad character, American character that Europeans used to be so in love with at the turn of the century. You know, like Wild Bill Hickok and P.T. Barnum and right, the, right. Whole, the humbuggery was a, a phrase coined that P.T. Barnum, uh, that was his, what his style was, humbuggery. 
and people enjoyed it. It was like you're in on the joke. And as long as nobody gets hurt, every, you know, people put up with a certain amount. They expect a certain amount of bullshit. And it's really become part of our political culture because how many times do you vote for somebody do you actually expect they're going to do what they said they were going to do? Exactly. I right? try to decide what I think they're going to do out of what they say and what's like, psh. Right. All I know is like any uh, down here in Cincinnati, there's this giant bridge, ben, Brent Spence Bridge, that spans Ohio and Kentucky. And it's this huge artery on I-75 for trucking, like for the entire nation. And this bridge is the worst bridge in the entire nation. It has been number one for years that needs to be fixed, renovated, replaced, whatever, right? And you're talking about the bridge that goes over to Covington. Yeah. I know this bridge exceedingly well, having driven around. You know, oh, yeah. Oh, man, dozens and dozens of times I've driven over that thing. Yeah. It's a horrible bridge. It's a nightmare. It's a night. It recently caught on fire, and they were and they closed it for a little bit to do some repairs. But they're like, patch, patch. It's fine. <laughs> like, and every politician, <laughs> governors, mayors, whatever, senators, everybody's like, oh well, I'll fix the Brent Spence Bridge. I'll fix bullshit. <laughs> like Mike nope. Dewine, we are looking <laughs> at you, buddy. Fucking fix this shit. Ohio and Kentucky just need to come together. Hug it out and fix the damn bridge. That's all I gotta say. Love one another. Yeah. Right now. Well, that bridge—that's <laughs> not the only. We have—we have a crisis uh, on our hands that nobody really speaks much of. But every now and then, information and concern surfaces to the public eye because of some person who is, you know, dedicated to their job. Like that Mary Schiavo was a Mary Schiavo, the the one who quit. She was head of the FAA and she quit because. She wanted certain things done because she felt compelled and they wouldn't do it because it was too costly. So she just quit. She resigned. But thank God we have people like that. So anyway, we have problems with our infrastructure, but our bridges around this country mm -hmm. are in terrible shape. And sadly, nothing you know, nothing really usually gets done until it goes down. Right. Yeah. That's the horrible part. It's like nobody ever deals with safety until something catastrophic has happened. And then they go, oh, OK, now we'll now we'll fix I it. See, I, I hate seeing the Mothman lose a place. That's what I was thinking. <laughs> we got <laughs> we got to keep our local heroes safe. <laughs> yeah. Don't fuck with the Mothman in Portsmouth, Ohio. They take him seriously. <laughs> Can you imagine, though, like actually seeing something like that or like we were talking did. about I think somebody did i believe in all that i i believe in the possibility i like i entertain the possibility of, of things what about the frogman of loveland sure why not <laughs> why not why not <laughs> well you know certainly bigfoot and skunk apes we we worked a town in um Kelowna, british columbia which is in the lower interior and it's wine country it's a beautiful country it's up in the uh, in the mountains in the cascades and uh it's actually a desert up there in way too and, but anyway long story short they have a lake there and uh their own lock version of the loch ness monster it's called ogopogo oh yes yes have you ever heard of ogopogo yeah and yeah. they believe this man and i've performed there and uh, actually chris this is and Shauna and my wife, with the, uh, I did a New Year's show there. Um, I used to perform there for, in Kelowna, beautiful town. But they have, and they believe it. I mean, most people believe it. Some people tell you they've seen it. I, you know, people are seeing something. I don't think they're just making shit up. Well, I mean, I was I was in Loch Ness. I was up there in Scotland. Well, what do you think? Yeah, I and, didn't know that. Tell me about it. Well, you know, so I was there, right? And when in Scotland, you have to drink a lot of scotch. So, well, now, wait a minute. <laughs> I, I think I see where this is going, Jennifer. Well, you know, so so I'm sitting there. I'm sitting on the banks, you know, with the, some friends we made um, on the bus ride up. And it was real windy. And the, the lake is very dark because of all the peat moss. So it's right. a very dark lake. And the wind's kicking up. And, you know, we're having a good time drinking our whiskeys and whatnot. And... Um, or scotch. Sorry, guys. And so, and and every, we'd be talking, and all of a sudden, 
all of us at some point during that time, you know, we're like, did you see that towards the lake? Because, you know, the, the lake would kick up and there were, you know, there must have been like beavers or otters or whatever they have there. And then these birds were flying in and then branches are going by. And so it always looked like something was going on that would catch the corner of your eye, but you could never tell because everything was so dark. And then when the waves are wicking up, the waves are dark, you know, so you're just getting these little peaks and yeah. Right. So, yeah, I don't, I totally get it. It's, it's, it's a similar lake, too, as Loch Ness up in Kelowna. Uh, haggis, haggis is a sausage, but it's also a little animal. I mean, how do you get, I mean, your sausage comes from pigs, right? I, I it's, Well, the, it's supposed to be, I. The, it has a reputation for being from, like, God knows where, ground portions of, animal parts that that's yeah <laughs> well, it's like Butthole sausage it's like it's it, an acquired taste it's oh gosh i saw i saw a haggis eating contest one time and <laughs> I, I i have a fairly strong stomach but i i vomited in my mouth watching that happen right. you know you just got these people shoveling this like liquidy i don't know flesh colored gelatinous whatever into their faces as fast as they can it was just it it was nauseating yum <laughs> see we always end up talking about food i just ate some peanuts <laughs> so, all, so it, when i in victoria and i'm going to circle back to this because of the reason I'm, I'm going to see if i can make this connect make sense anyway i used to perform uh, uh tuesday and saturday each each trip through up there mm-hmm. at, at the tally hall and Always packed, always full house, uh, and I'm proud of that. And I always look forward to playing. And the one night, uh, Tuesday night, I'm playing there, and it was like a dozen people. And I'm like, "What? What's going on? And where is everyone?" And they said, "Oh, we're not going to have much crowd tonight. The World Curling Championships are in town." <laughs> and curling, being the Scottish sport that it is is apparently a huge draw in Victoria, British Columbia. <laughs> and I was wondering, did you see any curling when you were in Scotland? I did not see any curling. I saw Harry Coos. That sounds dirty. No, what's that? It does sound dirty. It's a it's what they call the the Highland cow. They kind of look like Mr. Snuffleupagus, but like with really long horns. Like really? a yak. Yeah, kind of like a cross between a yak and a longhorn steer. They're really? super cute. Yeah. Oh, and when I was there was the, when um all the mad cow disease was going on. Yeah. So like you weren't allowed to go into <laughs> into fields with cows or you know any of this kind of stuff. And of course, to the the quickest way to get to the closest bar from our hostel was straight through this cow patty or pasture. And so <laughs> straight through a cow patty. And it, well, you started it, at a bar and then you ended. Ended in the cow patty. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, <laughs> uh, how long were you there? Uh, let's see. I was in England in this trip for about ten days, so probably about three day, three or four days up in uh, Scotland. That's nice. It was just great. The people were beautiful. Um, they were so much fun, so inviting. Like we made so many instant friends, and. Uh, just had some really great stories. So now, the, now the, the Brits, Scots, Irish, the Gaelic, that whole area—they're not known for their cuisine. It's true. I don't. <laughs> I don't think. How did you? How did you find the food? Uh, or did you eat McDonald's and say the hell with it? So I've I've been to the United Kingdom a couple different times um, over okay. the past. So you know what to expect. Thirty years. Yeah. When I first went over, it's like all the food was made on a dare. You know, it's just like Marmite and kidney pie and like all this like just trifle and awful stuff that you're just like, why would you do this to yourselves? Now you go and the cuisine is everywhere. You know, you go to it used to like, you know, you go to a pub and the best thing you could get was fish and chips, which is still good, but it's still fried white fish and some potatoes, you know. So um, but now it's like they have all this gourmet fusion stuff and, you know, it's really they've really upped their game. Fish and chips oh, sounds pretty wow. good. Yeah, so, but, uh, yeah, no, there was a lot of, 
dubious choices <laughs> and we did end up eating it um one of my favorite burger king experiences ever was like on the main road in edinburgh because we're sitting there by the window i'm eating this big old whopper and there's a guy down the street playing these bagpipes and it's just <laughs> echoing and reverberating off of everything as the sun is setting over these giant mountains and i'm like this is the best day of my life in Burger King. <laughs> so, um, so yeah. So Being was, happy with what you have. Right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I was completely content and happy with what I currently had. I like the bagpipes. I mean, you know, I, I, not a steady diet of it, of course, but in the moment, the right moment, the right time, I can sit and listen and enjoy pipers. And I have friends that are very good bagpipers and, uh, I, that, once again, like haggis <laughs> in acquired <Right>. days. <laughs> <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, no, my mom was a huge bagpipe fan, so I get it. We would <laughs> we would listen to cassette tapes of bagpipes every now and then, just like, oh, all right. <laughs> Mom's jamming out. Cool. Now this is a thing we're doing. <laughs> I got a buddy named Johnny Johnston. Uh, uh, he goes by the show name of Johnny Bagpipes, and he's a comedian bagpiper. And when him and I get together... We're at the same club, or I'll stop in, or he'll stop in my show. We do uh, uh, Stairway to Heaven and Dueling Banjos with the guitar and bagpipes. Nice. <laughs> that, that's a show I want to see. Oh, yeah, we'd be there. <laughs> that sounds awesome. Do you ever think yeah, of taking up bagpipes yourself there, Mike? Not, you know, no, but I play the dulcimer, lap dulcimer. I have a hammer dulcimer also, but I have I'm several lap dulcimers and and it's, it's they're the same believe it and it's a stringed instrument of course but it's similar principle to the bagpipes where it's uh it's based on a kind of a drone system where you've got one one thing that plays the melody on the dulcimer one string will play the melody or two strings will play the melody and the other drone in the same key or an octave or lower or higher that kind of it, it's not as annoying as the bagpipes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the dulcimer could be beautiful. I love it. They're, yeah. yeah, they're great. And they make beautiful wall ornaments. Oh, definitely. What about the accordion? Like Weird Al? Yes. Alex is an ex... Alex plays the accordion. That's his thing, among other things. Um, and and he, I have... When he comes to the, up to the roundhouse, I have him on stage, and he always brings the house down. We do some cool stuff. It's, it's a lot of fun. I love the accordion, actually. To tell you the truth. Now I had and heard I had heard that Weird Al was from what you had heard was what I had heard was Weird Al is from Cleveland. Is that true? you know the king of polkas? At least the king of uh, I think Slovenian because there's different types of polka. There's the Slovenian polka, and there's German polka, and there's Polish polka, and blah blah blah. They all have their top people. Um, but there was a fella here, uh, Frankie Yankovic, who was known as the Pope King. I got to work with Frankie Yankovic. Nice. Um, he, had, he had just come out of the uh, hospital from heart attack, from uh, having a heart attack, and he showed me a zipper. And before we went out, he went on stage. And, uh, <laughs> As you do. And he didn't. Well, he, you know, the band was playing. He was just there to make an appearance. I mean, he just walked out. They put his accordion on. And he went out and he kind of played a little bit with the song, a song or two or whatever. And then he, he went back to wherever he was going because he was still convalescing. I said, why are you? I said, Mr. Yankovic, why are you here, man? It's like you just come out of the hospital and, and you're going on stage to perform. Why, why are you doing it? And he looks at me and he says, because it's what we do. Uh, and, and, and that's that, a professional, man. Yeah. I'll tell you another thing I learned from him. Um, not that you asked, <laughs> uh, but after he had passed away, because he did something nobody else did with me, bringing um, polka music, uh, accordion polka music to the forefront public and, and in the public eye by recording, you know, some uh, very successfully commercial tunes. But he was the kind of guy that, and this was a, one of his um, musicians who also was a, in his own right a, a great polka uh, musician, and he would travel with Frankie Yankovic because after the war, they would they created their own circuit between Ohio and Wisconsin. And he said Frankie would always be sitting in the back seat on those long 
travels between towns to play, and he would answer every fan mail personally. He would spend hours and hours and hours a day. And that's how you build and create fan base in a career. And that's what separates amateurs and professionals. That, that's... And I saw those similar qualities in Johnny Cash when I opened for him and Loretta Lynn when I opened for her. And, he's, and then I worked, I opened for people who were pricks who didn't give a shit and they, their careers didn't last that long. Right, right. It's like they're doing I'm sorry, it. I'm going on a lecture. Pardon me. <laughs> no, it's all right. We all, we all need that sometimes. You can edit it out. <laughs> no, it's true though. Like this, you know, it's the it's why you do something comes through your art. You know, I mean, if you're just doing it to be famous, or if you're just doing it, you know, for, for the money, yeah, for the money or whatever, then your your music reflects that. You know, mm-hmm. like we, your audience can feel that. Yeah. Um, the sincerity exactly exactly you know but if if you're doing it because you love it if you're doing it because you have a story to tell you're you're sharing you're connecting with your audience you're sharing your emotions and part of you and that shows too and and that's the kind of stuff that endures you know it's like Mm -hmm. the fact that we're still talking about frank yankovic all these years later is the reason you know that's important Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's that's yeah. what that's what makes legends versus well, people remember how you make them feel. They say they don't they don't remember what you say or what you do. I can't remember. That is absolutely correct, Jennifer. Yeah. 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 No. Totally. Well, I think uh, I think we should uh, raise a glass to Mr. Yankovic then. Yay! All right, to Frankie Yankovic, who did finally receive a Grammy Award. So. Oh, excellent. To Frankie Yankovic. Social! Social! Yeah, I wasn't expecting that. All right. You scared me. I You took on my role. You're not used to having an audience, eh? Not, not a live audience lately, so. Yeah. Here we go. Social! Social! Ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy, hoi hoi hoi! Ziggy zaggy, ziggy zaggy, hoi hoi hoi! Ein, zwei, drei! Zufa! Yay! <laughs> I bet Frankie is smiling right now just knowing he's being remembered. Oh, definitely. Yeah, that was one of the things I loved living up in uh, Cleveland, is that you could just turn the radio on and then, boop, there's polka. You know? It's like... Yeah. It's <laughs> like, we don't, we don't have that down here in Cincinnati. <laughs> yeah. Well, there's only one or two. You must have got lucky and hit the right stations. Cause then, and I'm thinking they got even the AM. I, I don't know where we, I don't even know where I could find Polka now, you know? Yeah, well, a lot of people don't listen to the radio anymore either. It's, well, it's that's all it. The, yeah, you that's know. it too. I'm sorry. I'm not qualified to say that because I listen to satellite radio. Anymore. I don't actually listen to the radio, but I had to today when I went to the dentist because my car is in the garage, the shop, whatever. <laughs> just sitting in the garage so I had to take the truck um, <laughs> but yeah I can't I don't have that bluetooth well you guys have uh, w- WLW uh-huh. yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. I mean that was a that's always been a huge powerhouse of a station and I imagine it's still because it's an and it's an AM station what 750 or something uh-huh. mm-hmm. that is correct and I'm sure they still have a pretty significant share of the audience in that market i'm sure yeah it's been a while since i've listened to like um i usually turn it on because uh baseball <laughs> yeah <laughs> you can listen you can listen to the and uh opening day is right around the corner so yeah 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 well we have one station here on am that really has the lion's share of whatever there is to have on am uh, 3W, it used to be called 3WE, but it's the same, it's a similar thing. It's a talk, it's talk, news, sports, that kind of stuff. It's not a music station. Well, see, I grew up in the time when AM and FM, there was a satellite radio, of course, and, uh, AM and FM was, they were it, man. And AM, I watched, FM overtook AM. AM, when I was a kid, was just like the bomb, you know. Sure, sure. Well, and also what I had heard... Was it the reason why Cleveland's the rock and roll capital of the world? Is because one of those uh, those DJs actually came up with the term rock and roll, right? Up in Cleveland, Alan Freed. There you go. Mm-hmm. But actually, I'll tell you the backstory of that. Alan Freed was a DJ in the fifties, and he broke a lot of acts and became well known, and became a film, uh, you know, character in film and everything. 
very influential individual, right place, right time. Of course, there was the payola scandals. You know, that's nothing. But, <laughs> oh, we're not going to... No, not really. That was, that's bullshit. It was trumped up bullshit. It's like, you know what? It's still... All that shit still goes on. It's it's Nothing's changed. It's just... It's, it was, it's like, you know, every now and then there's witch hunt and people got to fucking be sacrificed. And then shit goes back to normal. That's <laughs> Yeah, exactly we, right. We don't learn a single thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> just no, keep going. But... <laughs> The backstory is that there was a fellow by the name of Leo Mintz who owned Record Revolution, which was a chain of record stores here in Cleveland, uh, in northern Ohio, northeastern Ohio. And he is the one who created the term ah. uh, rock and roll. He's the one who coined the phrase. Alan Free got credit for it. Because uh, he's the one that said it the loudest? Well, Lee, yeah, exa- exactly. I was just going to say, <laughs> Leo, Leo Mintz wasn't on the air. Right. <laughs> But I don't think that he probably really cared much because he was making a fortune selling heck, records. Heck yeah, if it helped him sell some more records, then sure. I mean, they all, they work together. So, If I could sit back and just sell stuff with no effort, you know, I'm down with that. Yeah. <laughs> right, exa- exactly, exactly. Well, here's another one, like another story like that. Just short, brief short story. You know Sloppy Joe's at Key West? Have you been? Oh, yeah. Okay. Sloppy Joe's at Key West, I've performed there many, many times. I, I started performing there in the 80s. And uh, right up until a few years ago, I, I stopped performing there. Uh, I may go back. I don't know. But the point is that it's famous for selling bullshit. I mean, selling T-shirts and every other thing that they can think with Ernest Hemingway on there because Ernest Hemingway would drink Sloppy Joes. Now, what they don't tell you, <laughs> and I haven't an axe to grind. I just like these kind of stories. <laughs> Captain Tony, are you familiar with Captain Tony's Saloon? Yes. It's a, it's just across the street and two doors down. That was the original Sloppy Joe's where Hemingway drank. Right. So. So he didn't actually drink at the current Sloppy Joe's. He drank no. two doors down. Across the street, two doors down at Captain Tony's Saloon. Yeah, Claimed but. fame. But the Sloppy. It wasn't called that. It, it, but that was called Sloppy Joe's. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, but the Sloppy Joe merch is so good. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. It's really, that's what they're about. They're not about, uh, when, when I played there in the 80s, it was more about the entertainment. And the, the t-shirt was a burgeoning business. It hadn't gone, I mean, it was good. It was real good uh, then, but it hadn't gone as big time it was as it was going to. And now the place is really about getting the tourists off the cruise ships, giving them somewhere to go. It ain't too far. They'll sit down for free, walk in, they'll hear whoever's on stage, they'll have their sloppy fries and their burger and whatever, and they'll buy their t-shirt, and off the back they go to on their cruise ship, and they think they've been to Key West. And that's really what it's come to. But back in the day, before it, when the shrimpers were there and everybody, and, you know, in the mid-80s, before that, it was more about the music, the type of acts you had. Sure. They still have good acts, don't get me wrong, but it's not, it's the music is not priority and the drinkers aren't the priority it's become you know a tourist kind of a cottage business of the tourism from uh cruise ships i did uh, i did get kicked out of a bar down in key west by uh... Ooh, which one which one <laughs> I, <don't... laughs> I probably know who owns it <laughs> i i don't okay so i don't remember which like i don't remember which bar it was but they were having a drag show that night Oh, the 801. Had to be the 801. Oh. Or, or, wait a minute. There's another one. I go to both of them. Uh, it's, it had two floors, if that's a... That's 801, the 801 Club. Great. So I was at the 801 Club. <laughs> it was a great club. I was ha- we, It's a great club, yeah. Me and three other friends, we just walked in. We, you know, we were doing our little bar hop, and we're like, yes, drag show, we're going. So we walk upstairs, and um, I was like, great, I'll find us a seat. You guys go get drinks. So one person went to the bathroom. Two people went to the bar. I went and found a seat. And uh, one of the performers was just getting done and was doing their, her lap around the bar, you know, going, hey, give me some tips, joking, joking around, whatever, whatever. And I didn't have any cash because I gave all my money to the people at the bar. So she comes over like, hey, give me tips. And I'm like, I'm sorry, I don't have any. I don't have any cash. And she's like, how are you going to come to a drag show without cash? I was like, well, I was buying drinks and, you know, saying whatever. And she's like, well, then you got to give me your chair, your seat. And I was like, this isn't my seat, though. And so she was like, that's it. You can't give me anything. Get out. 
And so then, <laughs> so then about that time, all my friends came over like with drinks and from back from the bathroom. And I was, and she was just like, nope, everybody out. And I was like, uh, okay. So we got kicked out of the bar because I didn't give out tips. Um, so I was kind of mad at that point. <laughs> I was grumpy with the place. So as we were walking out, there was a big bowl of condoms right at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I took the bowl. Still there. You <laughs> well, took the bowl? Well, I took the bowl of condoms with me. and then You just, greedy. Well, I, I, I passed them out to everybody on the street, like, as we were going. So I, hopefully I, you know, spread a little love while other people were spreading love that night. <laughs> <laughs> You help them from spreading too much love. Yes, that's exactly. All you need. Well, let's hope love is all you were spreading. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> there we go. Um, but I would totally go back again and make sure that this time I have $5 bills to give to everybody. <laughs> you know, I've never seen that happen. That had to be a one-off maybe or something. Oh, know. sure, sure, sure. No, I think it was like, you know, it was a joke that, like, we were joking around and then it kind of went too far. And then we're like, oh, well, we got our drink. We'll just keep walking. <laughs> Yeah, that's the beauty of Duval Street is you just can walk anywhere with your drink. I mean, as long as you're just, you know, not being an asshole. Exactly. Yeah, just don't be a jerk. That's that's pretty much how I'm trying to live my life. You know, just don't be an asshole. Yeah, right. Yeah. First time I ever saw drinks. Now, 801 is, and I've been there so many times, I, and I have my haunts. I have my places where I like to go. 801 is always a must. And I love taking somebody who's never been to a drag show. It's so much, you know, it's just part of the fun. But the first time I ever saw a drag show was in the mid '80s. Some friends took me to the, yeah, I don't know what's called that, but it's, it's a, a converted uh, movie theater right on Duval. It was kind of a, a disco drag show, gay bar thing, and I had never been to one of those like that. And everybody's on the dance floor, and we're standing there watching the dance floor, and beautiful women, man. And this one woman keeps dancing by me, is blonde, and she's dressed up and a good dancer. And I'm going, is she looking at me? Yeah, she is. It, is she looking at me? And <laughs> my friends are starting to watch, too. And they were also fans of mine because I was performing down there down the street. Sloppies. Is she looking at me? And she keeps dancing by. And on a, one of her passes, she flips her earring, goes to flip her hair, and her earring comes off and lands at my feet. <laughs> That's so, a skill. And I'm looking, I'm looking, now the lights are going, the music is going, people are, and the only people who are paying attention are my my peeps, right? My friends. Sure. And I'm looking at that thing, and I look at her, and she's dancing, and she kind of looks down at it. And I'm, I'm going, do I pick this fucking thing up and give it? Is this, I, you know? So I picked it up, <laughs> gentlemen that, gentlemen that I like to be. I pick it up and I hand it to this beautiful woman. She gives me a little kiss on the cheek and says, "Oh, thank you," you know, breathlessly, like Marilyn Monroe or something. She was gorgeous. <laughs> and my friends are screaming because. Well, we got out. They go, that's a guy. You know, that's a guy. <laughs> and you're like, well, that's the most beautiful guy I've ever seen. I, and I was like, well, all right. <laughs> so you, you never know. Well, once yeah. again, mid '80s, different. You know, was, uh, was her name Lola by any chance? No, no, no. But isn't that a great song? Oh, I love that I song. I love the Kinks. Oh, so good, so I good. That's my actually. Um, if I ever sing karaoke, which I usually don't, because there's a reason why I'm not a performer, but uh, if I do, it's usually Lola. <laughs> it's, that's your your go-to karaoke song. That's my go-to karaoke song. Did we talk about this last show, Jennifer? What is your go-to karaoke? No. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> you mean no, 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 no? Nope. That one. <laughs> I am not about that. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, that's not her jam. I don't like people to hug me. I certainly don't want like a room full of people watching me. <laughs> you don't have the uh, the desire to belittle yourself in front of total strangers. Oh no, I do that here. You know, <laughs> she'll do that. Just, <laughs> it's just I'm not, not above doing that. Just not karaoke style. Have you do listened you to our podcast? Mm -hmm. We make assholes of ourselves all the time. <laughs> sort of what I'm known for. Uh, well, I had a wonderful time. and Always a fun time. I, I mean, it's only been our second, but I enjoyed this more than the first. Absolutely. You want to uh, take us out with a, a toast? I hope I didn't talk too much, and I uh, sure enjoy speaking with you, you ladies. Believe it or not, uh, talking on a podcast is encouraged. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a good thing. Yeah, yeah. No, we always so, have, we always have a good time with you, Mike. Thank you. And let's do it again. And we got to do one with Chris, right? Definitely, yeah. So, uh, do you have a, a a toast that you like to give? Well, you know, I do. I did last show the good ships and wood ships, didn't I? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. That was that's a classic. I did that one. I need to write a couple of new toasts. We need a pandemic toast. Mm-hmm. Oh. We can work on that for the next episode. There you go. When you come back. My go-to is uh, may you be in heaven for an hour before the devil knows you're dead. I like that. Okie dokie. I like that. Wait a minute. I just made one up. Oh, brilliant. Okay. Double toast. May you stay safe. May you stay healthy. Because in this pandemic, we won't be wealthy. I should write that down. Sure, not wrong. That's a good one. It's recorded. I mean, we have it here. (laughs) You heard it here first. Thank you for having me as a guest. And let me know know, so I can promote this uh, to my uh, friends and fans. Absolutely. Definitely will. Get you guys back on my show, too. That'd be great. Brilliant. We had a great time. I love love, uh, hopping in on your happy hours. So, yeah. Your perch church. All right. Let's do it again sometime. All right, guys. What I had heard was we are out of time. We will see you next week. Visit our website at wihhw.com, where you can sign up for our newsletter, see guest links and information, and some fancy extras. Also, check us out on Facebook at at What I Had Heard Was and Instagram at What I Had Heard. And if you really want to get something off your chest, shoot us an email at whatihadheardwas at gmail.com.